You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like MF Uncensored and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. With me via the Zoom studio is the man, the myth, the legend, that guy that you don't really want to hang out with but can't help it anyway, Ronnie. Ronnie, how are you today? I'm doing amazing after that great intro. You know, I put a lot of thought into it. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't. It's that guy. That guy. (laughs) We should, we, should, over there. we should go out with that guy. Oh, I don't want to go out with that guy, but I, I kind of do. It's, it's a double-edged sword. There's no winning. But here Amen we are. Amen to that. Amen to that indeed, sir. Here we are, and it is now time for us to talk about one of the shows that was okay the first season and got better yeah. towards the end, and then there's this one where Ronnie and I have not had a single discussion about this show. He literally just finished it. Uh, producer Melanie and I finished it on the last episode when uh, it debuted, so we were pretty pretty up to date. And also, we had some time off. It was the holiday break, so this this show, Disney is now switching up how they release their shows a little bit. Uh, for this show, they release one episode every day from December 22nd to December 30th, and that is Marvel's What If Season 2. All right, before we get started, there will be spoilers throughout this entire episode. We are going to go episode by episode. For the most part, we're not going to break them down too excessively, but we're going to talk about the ones we like, the ones we didn't like, the characters, the plots, the twists, and the what-ifs. So first and foremost, Ronnie, what are your thoughts on season two of Marvel's What If? Surprisingly, I thought it was worse than the first season. You say worse? Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, I felt like some of the episodes kind of, like, dragged, and I didn't, it didn't, like, keep my interest. Mm-hmm. I, I would almost say, like, in a way, this is kind of, like, the opposite, where I liked the first few episodes, and then it kind of fell off for me, while, you know, like you just said before, with the previous season, it was the opposite. It started off rough, but got better. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I just... I feel like it might have been worse, but that could just because be because of the drop instead of, like I said, with season one, it progressively got better. Okay. So I will say I, I enjoyed this season. I have some qualms. I think my biggest, and you, and you can jump in if you want, I think they put too much focus on making Captain Carter the main character. Ronnie's nodding in approval. Yeah, I agree. Like, I like Captain Carter, but we have been oversaturated with the character at this point. Yeah, it was weird because I feel like with the first season, correct me if I'm wrong, like, it wasn't really hyper-focused on a character. Not really. It was very... it It was like everyone had their own episode, you know, and until, you know, the very end when they fight the big bad, basically. Yeah. Uh, this was like, hey, let's put Peggy Carter in every single episode. She She's in a lot of it. So she's in, let's yeah. see. She's actually, in the second. She's not in the second episode. She she first jumps in with, what if, in episode five. But then, 
you get her a lot more in eight and then nine. And like the story re- revolves around her. Cause in the first season you had, like it was all building up to their team up moment to fight the prime Ultron or whatever they called him. And yeah, it was, it was, I found it much better. I didn't find there was a lot of focus on individual characters to the point where they cut out the, uh, the Gamora episode. So everybody was like, where did Gamora come from? And why does she have yeah. Thanos' sword thing? So it was a little, a little weird, but uh, let's, let's go episode by episode and kind of talk about things that we liked, things that we didn't like. And we'll start off with what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps in concept, I actually really liked it. And obviously yeah. You had returning cast members were Karen Gillan as Nebula, Jude Law as Jan Rog, Michael Rooker as Yondu, uh, Seth Green, of course, as Howard the Duck, Taika Watiti as Korg, Peter Sefanakowitz as Garth Ansall, Julianne Grossman as Nova Prime, and Fred Tascator as Groot. So, solid cast, a lot of returning actors, and I really did enjoy the uh, the Howard the Duck stuff and like the whole Xandar's yeah. kind of on lockdown. I think my only issue really is it takes place right after the first Guardians, and it doesn't make sense for Nebula's character. Yeah, it it was weird. Like I I liked the episode. I mean, there was plenty of things that could have been different with it. Mm-hmm. Like it was weird to see. So she had her redemption story basically in the movies, and then we have another redemption story for her which is, in a way, like, the complete opposite of the redemption story we already got. Mm-hmm. So it was like, why do this redemption story, even though it has nothing really to do with, you know, the cinematic universe? Um, but, I don't know, I thought it was cool just to kind of see, you know, her connection with, uh, wow, I am drawing a blank. Howard the Duck? No like, problem. Like, character. Oh, Yondu? I, yeah. How dare you? Nice- Sorry, I, I drew a complete blank for a second. I watched um, it happen. It was like watching grass grow. Right? Yeah. I, that could be fun sometimes. Like paint drying. <laughs> yeah, right? But, I don't know, it was just... it. it was, and the thing with the episode, too, was like, you knew from the beginning what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you knew Nova Prime was behind everything going yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of these episodes are incredibly predictable, which, which in itself yeah. is fine. Sometimes you need that kind of like, you know, that comfort food. But yeah, like the whole what if thing is I should it should be so unpredictable. But yeah. I, I think it started off well. And like this was a good start. I know producer Melanie and I were into it. And we, we I obviously also the animation quality got a lot better. Mm-hmm. Like the show itself just looked better. It was hard to, yeah. to say what it was. But also, they're able to do things in animation much easier without taking us out of the, uh, the the realism of the movies. So, like, you watch some of these movies, and you can tell, all right, that's practical, that's CGI. Like, it sometimes it takes me out of it. I don't know about you. I'm weird. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So, jumping forward, we have episode two. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth's mightiest heroes? Now, this one I actually really enjoyed because it yeah. was the... Oh, and Peggy Carter is in this one. She, she, oh, yeah, you were right. Episode two. You were right. Yeah. Ronnie was right. Paul was wrong. For once. For once. I was yep. right. <laughs> and th- again, I we it's funny. We watch these episodes, and I, I try not to look at anything before or after or anything like that, and I really try and come into them totally blind. They got Michael Douglas to come back as Hank Pym. You got yeah. Haley Atwell, obviously, as Peggy Carter. 
John Slattery as Howard Stark. Kurt Russell as Ego. Like, he's <laughs> he's in it. Uh, they Chris, got, like, almost everyone. Chris Hemsworth. As, Chris Hemsworth has done a lot of these, though. He is such a big yeah. fan of Marvel. And, like, obviously he owes his career to Marvel. Like, I hate to say it. Yeah. But, you know, he's still – even though he will now start trash-talking <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder, he's still, like – this is his baby. Lawrence Fishburne mm-hmm. as Bill Foster. Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. John Adewanda Connie as King T'Chaka. Madeline mm-hmm. McGraw as Hope Van Dyne. Obviously, they didn't get Michelle Pfeiffer back. Mackay Montgomery as Peter Quill. Carrie Tombazan as Marvell. And Gene Farber as Karpov. I, I dug this episode. I really... Oh, yeah. This, this was probably one of the better ones. Again, we have our mm-hmm. Captain Carter return and all that stuff, but... I really dug the early, like uh, the alternate Avengers, pretty much, and they. Yeah. It's weird because they were the exact. They were almost the exact same team. Oh yeah. But I liked I liked the Winter Soldier stuff. Yeah. It made sense. It it, it worked, and obviously you see him at the end like, oh, I don't want to actually do this. Yeah. And it, I, it was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I I think I think it might have been my favorite. I don't remember Ego being so powerful. I knew that, like, on his world, he could do anything he wanted. Yeah. I didn't think that really, like, I guess we never really see him use his powers on other worlds. Like, we do see him destroy the entire fleet that's after the ship, the Guardians, in the the second movie. But, like, I would have liked to see a little, he was, like, really powerful. And the fact that, so basically, Peter Quill gets dropped off to him first. I'm surprised they didn't start his little undertaking or what the expansion. That's what he wanted. The expansion. Yes. It was, I think that was like my only weird thing about that. I was like, wouldn't he want to start that like now? Well, I think he did. I think he said like, he's already taken over other worlds so far. And now he's coming to earth because of the fact that Peter Quill decided to go back there and not finish the job. Hmm. I don't know. Either way, it still works, but yeah. Moving down, we have, and this one came out on Christmas Eve, which was pretty funny. What if Happy yep. Hogan saved Christmas? I'm going to give it an extra point just for all the Die Hard references. Yes. Without actually <laughs> saying Die Hard, because I think they could too. Isn't Die Hard 20th Century Fox? I don't remember. Hmm. Who knows at this point? Everything's owned by oh, Disney. Yeah. I'm shocked. But I, oh, yeah. I did really dig that, like Happy Hogan being the hero in this and turning into yeah. the freak. That was his superhero. Yeah. <laughs> so going through the cast, we have John Favreau as Happy Hogan, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Colby Smulders as Maria Hill, which I'm glad to see her back after what happened in Secret Invasion. Oh. Sam Rockwell as Justin Hammer, Chris Hemsworth again as Thor, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Let's see, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. Mick Wingert as Tony Stark, Lake Bell as Natasha Romanoff, Josh Keaton as Steve Rogers, Isaac Robinson Smith as Sergei, Matthew Watterson as Rusty, and Ross Mangard as Werner. I, I, I actually really did like this episode. Like, I think yeah. the, the episodes that land, lands really well. Oh, yeah. I think really my biggest issue is the Captain Carter focus. And also, I liked Kahori, which we'll get into, but like super powerful like yeah epically too powerful sometimes but mm-hmm. anyway so this one is uh, there's justin hammer comes back and I, I love seeing justin hammer and he yeah. is trying to steal a sample of the hulk's blood to t- you know to create his own hulk which was a big thing in the early mcu so he breaks in and you know you get 
Happy Hogan's trying to stop them because all the Avengers are out like doing something else. Yeah. But it's a Christmas party. Yep. Yeah. What did, what did you think of Happy Hogan saving Christmas? It was nice to actually see Happy Hogan do something other than kind of like play like the stupid goofy guy. Yeah. You know, like you you got in like the first like maybe like half of the episode or so. Mm-hmm. And then and then progressively like he was still his like stupid goofy self, but he had more to do than just be you know comedic. Yeah. So I think it, it was good. It was cool to see the Hulkbuster armor. Yeah. And everything. Just it was again th- these episode 2 and episode 3 I think were kind of like the best like it was a nice run between those two for me and then after this one is where it kind of started to go down a little bit all right so the next one what if iron man crashed into the grandmaster now this one actually i thought was cleverly done so during avengers he tony stark flies the missile up into the the portal yeah and in this version he doesn't make it back. He gets like kind of stuck in limbo and gets sent to Sakaar instead. And I think the only thing that really bothered me was like they made it into a death race type thing instead of a gladiator battle. I would have perf- – and then he's like, my yeah. my champion's coming out, and it's just like a giant elephant. I was like, they could have done anybody. They could have done anything. Yeah. Like I don't know what kind of like carte blanche they got with this show. Yeah. Like I don't know if there's like, all right, these characters are totally fair game. You guys can do whatever you want with them. But these characters are totally off limits. Like, I can understand if it's characters that are coming out in, like, you know, upcoming movies or stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I just, of all the things, I was like, an elephant? And then we're going to do race cars? A little weird. Yeah. A little, little. This episode was the one that was supposed to be in season one. Mm-hmm. With Gamora leaving to, you know, kill Thanos. Yeah. But we had uh, Mick Wingert, again, as Tony Stark. Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. We, it's funny, we're watching it. We're like, is that Jeff Goldblum? He sounds bored. Like, yeah, he, he didn't have the same kind of I think Jeff Goldblum is that definitely has. he's a better scene than heard. Yes, but it still worked. Tessa Thompson plays uh, Valkyrie as she did in the movies. Taika Waititi as Korg. He's made of rocks. I love Korg. I, he is probably one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. So it's funny because Korg is funny because he's a funny character. He's not like funny, like MCU funny because. Yeah, nobody. Like we, Ronnie and I have a very good friend group and all of our friends bring a lot of things to the table. We're not all really funny all the time. Shut up, Ronnie. Shut, you, literally. <laughs> but like the, the MCU, even Captain America will sometimes get in like jabs like quick. And I'm like, nobody's that funny all the time. Yeah, except for Korg. Except for Korg because he's made of rocks. I think it's because of his accent. It's the accent. It's also his delivery, and it's just his personality. Yeah. It works for the sake of like, because maybe it's just because our first exposure to him was, hey, this is my personality, made of rocks, tell jokes. Yeah, like all the yep. other characters kind of progressed into it. Like Tony Stark, it works for because that's how we were introduced to him. Sometimes it's yeah. and that's what happened with Thor: Love and Thunder. They went too far in that MCU humor with yeah. Thor. Oh. I think it was this ep- Was it this episode or was it? What was the other episode he was in? The first one, right? What, Thor? Where, um, or Korg. Yeah, Korg. Oh, Korg? Yeah, he, he was in the first episode. Where he was talking about <laughs> where they did the whole rock, paper, scissors thing. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, I thought it was great. And then he was talking to, he was talking to, yeah, it was this episode because I remember he was talking to Iron Man and he was like, oh, is he really this bad? And he was like, 
yeah, this one time he made me sit on paper. What's <laughs> like what? Wait, what? Those paper beats. You don't remember that? I do. I do. Oh, I was. <laughs> I don't know. Like just like the writing for Korg is always great. I also think that they give Taika Waititi a little bit of leeway and let him kind of yeah. do his thing. But uh, yeah, I do. I did enjoy uh, Korg made of rocks. But the episode as a whole with Iron Man crashing into the Grandmaster, great in concept, not my favorite execution. I did like how yeah. he made the armor that turns into the race car. That was pretty cool. But yes. again, all right, let's see. Next up, what if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? So again, another episode great in concept, but now we're really focusing on Captain Carter. But for yeah. this episode, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter, Lake Bell as Natasha Romanoff, Frank Grillo as Brock Rumlow, who played him in the movies, uh, Josh Keaton as Steve Rogers, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Rachel Wise as Melinda Vostokov, and Elizabeth Olsen as Merlin, or Wanda Merlin, which is funny. I dig that. But this is where we really start to focus on like Captain Carter and Herbie. I don't have a problem with the multiversal warriors being intricate to the multiverse, I yeah. think it would have been a much more fun concept if for this season of What If, it was actually just a band of multiverse warriors going world to world to stop incursions and stuff like that. I think that would have been a much better concept. Yeah. Because I'm fine with like these one-off like What Ifs and that they're fun. They're not supposed to mean much. But like mm-hmm. Marvel being the way that it is right now, they need something different. But anyway, so in this episode, we have the re- return of Hydra Stomper, played by uh, Steve Ro- or character Steve Rogers. And basically, he comes back, almost has taken over the, the Winter Soldier role. Yeah. It's, again, smart, but he was brainwashed by the Red Room. Now, of all the movies for you to pull from, really, Black Widow? <laughs> you know what it is? I think it's they try to kind of give it a little revival because of how bad they did in the movie oh, so that bad. they wanted to be like, all right, let's do a redo. So let's have the red room. And hopefully this is better than what people got in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. This to me was one of the weaker episodes. I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that, but all right. So let's see. We have, what if Kahori reshaped the world? Now let's start off with, Kahori is an original character created for What If, which was a little bit of a thing. Like, people were like, wait, why? Why? Why do you need to? Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the character of Kahori. I have no problem with her per se. She is epically too powerful. And I'm still a little confused. So, basically, in this reality, Surtur destroys Asgard during Ragnarok, and the Tesseract crash lands in pre colonial America. And it lands in this lake that gives it powers, which really, like, why? Yeah. How? And how does it give people power? I, I just thought it was a little little wonky in that. But, yeah. you know, obviously the conquistadors are, are trying to find the Fountain of Youth, which I'm fine with. I like a little historical content. And Kahori is, like, one of the, the natives who falls into this lake, and she comes out the other side in this, like, paradise world called the Sky World, where they get powers and immortality, but they can't get home. Yeah. But she is able to finally just, I can do this, get home, and they beat all the bad guys and rescue their people. But uh, then uh, at the end, I think Strange Supreme makes his first appearance. You're supposed to say yes or no. 
I said yes. Oh, okay. It didn't come through, and now I'm going to have to edit. Dang it. I'm not editing. Man. I'm not editing. Bologna and cheese sandwiches. What? Did you say bologna oh. and cheese? Get out of here. Because I didn't want to curse. Oh, yeah. It's still family friendly. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it was all right. Like, we have, let's see, Devery Jacobs says Kahori. And then a lot of names that I'm not going to be able to to pronounce properly. Yeah. I don't want to be super offensive, but I'm going to try. Kio Wintillo as Wata, Jeremy White as Athrex, Gabriel Romeo or Romero as Rodrigo Gonzalo, Benedict Cumberbatch. I could say that one as Strange Supreme, <laughs> Carolina Rabasa as Queen Isabella of Spain, Clancy Brown as Surter, and Jeff Bergman as Odin. Ah, oh, Clancy Brown, I love him. But it was all right. Like, th- there was a lot of fanfare about it. Like, the Marvel purists were all like, we can't make up new characters for this show. Like, who cares? Really? It, that, well, so it's called What If. So you could do whatever you want, mm-hmm. really, first of all. Uh, second of all, I didn't like this episode at all. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, not that, Not that I have a problem with certain things, but, like, the fact that I had to read the whole entire episode. <laughs> you don't like closed um, captions, that's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, if I'm watching something, I want to be able to watch. Like, if you say something in a different language, like here and there, like, what, and I got to read it, whatever. But the whole 30 minutes, I'm having to read and not hyper-focus on what's happening on screen, other than the words, draws from the episode. And then, like you said, the fact like it didn't really make sense like all of a sudden the tesseract is in water so now it can give power to people what and then i don't know and then the fact that within like two days she's able to be like the most powerful being in the sky world Mm -hmm. you know like i don't there's just so much with it that just like i couldn't really pay attention i was like whatever I, i was like I didn't skip the episode, but in my head, I'm going, can I just skip this one? Does it really matter if I don't see this one? Unfortunately, it would have made the last episode make no sense at all. Anyway. All right. So going down, what if Hela found the Ten Rings? I actually really liked this episode. One of those characters that stole the show in Thor Ragnarok. Like, she was a great villain. Yes. And it was fun to give her. She basically took Thor's story in this, except during ancient China. And I actually really dug it. And you obviously you have Kate Blanchett returning as Hella, which was awesome. Jeff Bergman as yeah. Odin, Fedor Chin as Zhu Wenwu, the Mandarin, Lauren Tom as J- Jai, and Idris Elba as sure. Heimdall. Yeah, I love Idris Elba coming back. He's another actor who oh, talked yeah. a lot of crap about uh, being in Marvel, yeah. mostly because he hated the prosthetics and the process. Yeah, but he still pops up in a lot of things. Oh yeah, give me Marvel money. That's pretty much it. I'll tell. I'll talk in my accent. God, he's sexy. Who wouldn't? I know, right? <laughs> Marvel money. But I, I actually really like this episode. It's probably one of my favorite ones of the end of this show. Mm-hmm. And it's just a. I loved getting the Mandarin back. He was a fun villain, and like the the action scenes were great. And again, it was it was super predictable. Super predictable. Probably the most oh, yeah. predictable of the entire thing. But it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. I'm going to say one of probably my favorite episode of the show. All right. All right. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I mean, there's better ones, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) 
Savage. All right, next up we have, what if the Avengers assembled in 1602? Now, there is apparently a Marvel 1602 universe, so this is actually continuity, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. I actually really like these kind of multiverses stories where it's like the same characters, just in totally different circumstances. Like this one, I I like the concept a lot. It was almost like um, Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, very Legends of Tomorrow, which, which I'm fine with. Now, also... So basically, Captain Carter gets summoned to this Renaissance-themed universe because they're fighting an incursion. Mm-hmm. We have not heard anything about incursions in the multiverse since Doctor Strange. Yeah, no, not at all. And this is one of the things, too, that it was weird the way they did it because we had two episodes before where she gets sucked into you know this universe. And then it goes, all right, let's show you Kahori, let's show you Hella. Oh, now let's go back to, you know, two episodes before and continue on with that story. I think the show benefited from doing every episode mm. one a day. Yeah. Because I would have forgotten, especially. Oh, I, yeah. I totally they, forgot. They did, yeah. I forgot I Captain it Carter. Maybe like a week, really like once a week or something like that. Yeah, I would have lost it. <clears throat> totally lost it. I was too busy watching Percy Jackson. Too confusing. <laughs> But I do like the concept, and basically, you know, like some of the characters take on very historical roles. Like Loki's uh, a Shakespearean actor, which of course, yeah. You have Steve Rogers is kind of like Robin Hood, Robin Hood, and you know he's got the Merry Men with him. Uh, I don't yeah. get how Scott Lang can still shrink. They don't ever discuss it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I really did enjoy this one. But again, we find out that it's really Steve Rogers is a time displaced, which didn't make sense if you watch the episode. Yeah, it was it was very strange, but he's the the forerunner who inadvertently created the temporal anomaly while battling Thanos. Yes. So it's when he fights Thanos. So again, it makes no sense that Steve Rogers would be like, uh, I don't know what's going on, because that's that's actually yeah. Steve, that's actually Captain America Steve Rogers. That is like from our universe, Steve Rogers. But yeah, anyway, so that's also she gets met by uh, Strange Supreme at the end too. So, cast-wise, we have Haley Atwell, Sam Jackson, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Merlin, Chris Hemsworth as King Thor Odinson, Tom Hiddleston as Loki, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk, Jon Favreau as Sir Harold the Happy Hogan, slash the freak, Mick Wingard (laughs) as Tony Stark, Josh Keaton as Steve Rogers, Paul, oh, it is Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Lake Bell. So, this one's probably the most from the, from the, the actual cast. It's a shame we're ne- we're never yeah. going to get Chris Evans and, and Robert Downey Jr. They're never going to come back for it. No, they will not. I mean, especially with Chris Evans, he's so busy doing a bunch of other stuff that he doesn't – I don't think he's got the time for this. And also, I think the way both of their characters left off MCU, they're like, you know what? I don't want to touch Marvel anymore because I think the way it ended was perfect for each character. So might as well not do it. Yeah. So speaking of perfect or not perfect, we have the last episode. What if what if Strange Supreme intervenes? I I really did like this episode. It just felt so out of left field that we came back to this. Yeah. I thought we were past him trying to revitalize his world. I I thought we were done kind of with that aspect. Yeah. I actually was more interested in seeing strange Supreme going through the multiverse, trying to capture 
like world ending variants. I thought that was a much better. Yes. That would have been that's the show I wanted to see. You know, Strange Supreme oh. with, you know, like getting back up from the multiversal fighters and all that stuff. I did really like seeing all the variants and seeing all that stuff. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Some of them went down a little too easily. Like I think they killed Thanos in like one shot or something silly. But yep. I, I did really enjoy that aspect. And I loved seeing them get all of the weapons at the end. That was fun. Yeah. But like I said, I it was a weird it was a like a weird character shift for Strange Supreme, like after everything that happened in season one. Like that that's where we're at again. Yeah. It to me I, I so it's funny, I looked up you know on IMDb they have all their scores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the top rated episodes really? of this season. Interesting. Yes. With with only a seven seven. So Okay. But to me, this I if we never got season one, let's say, or you know, kind of this storyline about trying to, you know, basically resurrect less save Christine Palmer. Mm-hmm. I think this would have been a great episode. But because it was just, you know, rinse or rinse repeat from season one, I thought this was one of the weakest episodes. Especially since this was the end of the season and you end it with this. It just fell flat to me. This did not, like, deem, you know, season-ending worthiness. I like how at the end, like, she's with the Watcher and just like, hey, like, before you take me home, let, let's see the rest of this multiverse. Like, take me with you. I did like how yeah. you, you kind of – she saw how he sees everything and sees the multiverse. And, yeah, like, obviously, Strange does his ultimate sacrifice at the end. I think it would have been better if Strange was presented a choice about it. Maybe? Yeah. Like, one of the variants was like, no, if you if you use this machine, actually, you can channel all this energy into creating your – like, something along those lines. I think they could have done a little yeah. bit better. Again – it feels like there's a lot of things happening that we just don't see. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think, like, at the end, like, Strange Supreme, let's see, the who was it? The the original Multiversal Warriors were Strange Supreme, Captain Carter, Star-Lord T'Challa, Party Thor, Black Panther, Killmonger, and a variant of Gamora. Let's see. Yeah. yeah. I don't really, I'm trying to think. Like, there, there's nothing really, let's see, Strange which and strange agrees to watch over this pocket dimension like it makes no sense for me like just that yeah. suddenly he's like actually the whole time i've been plotting yeah i think it would be, yeah like they could have to, to make him the bad guy quote unquote i think they could, yeah. they could have done better yeah that was the one thing with this episode or season excuse me is there was no like true bad guy yeah. Like we like we had in like we had in the first season. Well, they didn't reveal but, Ultron as the bad guy until like really far in. Yeah, which like I'm good with. Like if you do that, I'm good with like because they all like had nothing to do with anybody, but they all had like some sort of connection to him. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably because you know Peggy Carter's in you know almost half the episodes, right? So you kind of knew there's supposed to be some big bad guy. But there wasn't. Right. You know, it's just, I feel like this season could have done a lot better than what it did. 
All right, so if you were to give it a Star City rating, how are you feeling? I'm going to go with a three. Okay, that's that's still above average. Yeah, I'll go, you know, slightly above average. Like I said, there were a couple episodes that I was bored watching, but then there were, you know, two or three episodes that I, I thought were head and shoulders above the other that I'm, I would probably watch those again. You know, talking about, for me, obviously, I liked two, three, and I would probably, probably not the eighth one, The Avengers Assembled, mm-hmm. and 1602, those three, like, I would have no problem watching again. The other ones, not so much. Maybe Hella on the Ten Rings, I could put that on, but I don't know, just, to me, if I can only really watch three, maybe four episodes of this again mm-hmm. that to me is not a good sign that's fair but granted i haven't watched any of the first season since like so oh. i don't know i'm gonna give i'm gonna also give this a solid three it's it it works for the sake of it and it's a it's a good time again i think a, a lack of a cohesive plot like o- yeah. like an overarching plot had we seen more of Strange Supreme kind of doing things, maybe it would have made more sense. But yeah, it was just a little, eh, it, it fell yeah. a little flat for the most part. But also, like, we have all these other characters that you could do stuff with. Why do we need to see the same ones again? Yeah. Like, wh- I, why not an episode with Daredevil? You just got Daredevil back. Build up the hype for Echo. Like, why not an episode yeah. with Kingpin or like any of those characters? You got you have so many characters to to pull from, so it's kind of surprising yeah. that you want to just play it safe and do the yeah, same. What all we really got as far as like I would say like new characters, meaning for the show mm-hmm. was what Hella, Kahori, obviously, and that whole episode. Yeah, the Mandarin. Basically. Yeah, I mean. What, that's really it? Just those three? Pretty much. Like, as far as characters from the show, like, to bring in, like... Yeah. They, I Again, they could have... They, I really feel like they could have done better. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I would... I would love for them... I would even love to have some sort of, like, tie-in with the movies. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I would love to have some of the new... The new Avengers that we're going to have... Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in a season three, if they do a season three, I'm they not are, sure. If they, they are doing it is officially confirmed. Yes, season three. Okay. They released like their first vague footage. It's like Bucky and the Red Guardian driving together in a car. I tried not to watch it, okay. but like, I, where's like, where's my Spider Man? Like, you could do Spider Man. You could do all these characters that people really want. Captain Carter was cool in the first season, and then seeing her in Multiverse of Madness was a lot of fun. It was a nice payoff. You know, Haley Atwell's yeah. always been really passionate about her character. But th- like, enough's enough. Like, change it up. Like, get some new characters. Like, yeah, I-, I hate to say it. This is an anthology series. It's not a. It shouldn't have to be. We need something from season one to hold. On. Like, it's not. It's like American Horror Story. Do we really need an overarching story for American Horror Story? No, is what I say because I only watched the first I- season. I would even. I would remind even if you just do like villain of the week. Mm-hmm. Like you-, you don't even have to necessarily do. You know a villain for the whole entire show i did like how they they tied in the loki thing at the end where 
he shows her the multiverse and it's now the Loki's tree of life type thing. Yeah. Again, I hope that's something that we see more of and like yeah. it has a payoff to it. Like I want to see the King of Stories with Loki and all that stuff like where he's like he should be helping to defend the multiverse now too and you know him and the Watcher. Yeah. So, again, who knows where they're going to go with it. I hope that mm-hmm. they do a little bit better next season, but otherwise like it was still it was still a good watch. Yeah. All right, so that is going to wrap us up on our discussion on What If. We do have our Fan Feedback Friday, and this week, what would be the most unstoppable villain team-up? Ronnie, did you have any villain team-ups you thought would be unstoppable? Thanos and Darkseid? That's already there. Is it? Yeah, it's one of the... It's, somebody already wrote that. You need to pick a new one. Okay, just kidding. That I, Oh, sorry, I was reading from the script. Mm-hmm. I wasn't reading from my mind. Script, um, that's funny. <laughs> Now, see, this is a tough one. What about, I would say maybe Ego and Thanos? Okay. All right. That's a sol- solid, terrible combination. Right? All right. So I will read through these while Ronnie reponders his answer. We have Lex Luthor and Kingpin. That'd be a lot. Of, I would watch that movie. Han- Very similar. Hannibal Le- Lecter and Nurse Ratchet. That sounds horrifying. <laughs> Thanos and Darkseid. Dormammu and Kilgrave, the purple man. That'd be rough, too. Poison yeah. Ivy controlling Mr. Mixius Pitalik. Which is a, a name that I can pronounce for some strange reason. Bonnie. You, you want to revamp your answer, or are you going to stick with it? No, I think I'll stick with that. I think that would be a good one. I, I have a, I have another good one. Doctor yeah. Doctor Doom and Ozymandias from Watchmen. Yeah. I just wow. could not spell Ozymandias, so I didn't want to write it there. And then somebody be like, you can't spell it. And I didn't want to be like, stop. Ozzy. Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne? What? <laughs> it's like watching Little Nicky. But that is going to wrap us up. If you guys want to participate in Fan Feedback Friday, it's super easy. Just go to our Facebook page, uh, the Multiverse Fancast, every Friday between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We post our Fan Feedback Friday, so if you want to participate, it's super easy. Make sure while you're there, you like and comment on the page. We always love to interact with our fans. If you guys want more of our content, our website, themisfitfaction.com, is a great place to start. But we are also on all the social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Just type in the Multiverse Fancast or the Misfit Faction. Odds are you'll find some of our stuff. But I think that is going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Ronnie. And we'll be back in a flash. See ya.